Welcome back to Don't Cast and Drive. This is your speaker person, Veronica Tyler Christie, but most times, sometimes V. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> most times, sometimes. This is also, uh, yes, interrupting cow. Moo, it's me, Kylie B. <laughs> also, Kylie Too Smart. Yeah, we are here for another COVID edition of our Don't Cast and Drive podcast, uh, where we're here remote because shelter in place has yet to been lifted in the Santa Clara County as rightfully so so that way we don't get hit with second wave of COVID just like the Spanish flu <laughs> and that's exactly what COVID sounds like too yes also possibly just your neighbors hitting the bong outside your window <laughs> <laughs> this is true <laughs> this, this is true <laughs> um yeah, so just kind of some quick COVID check-ins. Like, um, make sure you guys are taking care of yourself. I've been losing my mind. Um, and I feel like that every day passes and I'm a little bit more depressed and I'm ironically smothered. I don't feel lonely. I just feel smothered um, because I feel like I am unable to do what I really want to do. And I know that's a weird control thing to admit, but it's true. So really make sure that you're taking care of yourselves. Uh, Kylie, what have you been doing to take care of yourselves during COVID? Um, honestly, like the struggle that I'm having right now is like just completing little daily, like going outside, making sure that I leave the house, you know, mm-hmm. um, making sure that I like clean everything. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. Nobody's coming over. So it's like, <laughs> really have to be motivated. Uh, for me, like, that's not easy. Like uh, if I eat a meal and I'm working, cause I'm still working from home. So not having that break, like for lunch, if I eat a meal and then like the plate will sit there until the end of the day. And then I go do something else. And, like the plate's still there. And I'm like, bitch, go, don't, don't be dirty. Go put your plate. Yeah. In the kitchen. And then I put it in the sink and I'm like, no, you should, you should wash it. Cause later you're going to have to cook and then you have to clean before you cook. It's just, uh, yeah. So little things like that. Um, not going out as much, like my body hurts. Yeah. You know, I like, and then going online doesn't help cause you see all these people who are like, oh yeah, staying fit during COVID-19 during quarantine. And you see they have got like this luscious space and it's like primarily people who are already like fit to begin with. Or people whose, like, lifestyles revolve around maintaining a certain level of, like, physical fitness. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, so your setup is already, like, geared for you to be able to do this. I'm like, my apartment is not. Yeah. <laughs> and also, <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm not even really, like, I don't know, strong enough to do a lot of the things that like you see in the videos but I'm trying I've been doing like um push-ups I can't even do like full full full-on like full body push-ups I do like lazy ones from your knees (laughs) but I've been noticing like some change just even doing that um and like trying to do squats and I do live on the third floor so like going up and down the steps but I was like just going to check my mail like huffing and puffing Um, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> sad. So those are the things that, that are depressing, you know, but, you know, try to do little things to make it better. Stretching, I've been looking at a lot of different, like, stretches, and I've noticed, like, even um, 
getting down on the floor and getting back up and getting down on the floor and getting back up, working from the floor, doing some little exercises like while you work um, has been helpful. Yeah. I have a tendency to overwork. <laughs> I'm working from home where you're like, oh, I really just want to get this task done. I really just want to get this task done. And then the next thing you know, it's 10 o'clock at night. You should have been off at like 5.30. What are you doing? Yeah, no, I have noticed that where those who aren't as accustomed to working from home, that they often, they often overwork. So for example, my normal workday starts at eight o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And ideally for like a standard eight hours, it, you would be done by 4.30. Um, but I find myself still on the computer until six because I always find like something new to do. Um, and that's something that I'm told, like, this is going to sound weird, but I'm so against overworking. Yes. It's habitually tell it's telling your workplace, like, Hey, she can actually do more than what she's promoting herself to do. So they, I don't want them to take advantage of that. Um, so I really try my best to make sure like I stay honest or like at least like stay honest with like sticking to like what am I, what am I supposed to be doing? So that way, um, I don't overwork. Um, the working out thing is real. Um, I'm not, I actually had to adjust like how much I've been eating. <laughs> so that way I am staying within the goals that I want to stay within. Um, because losing weight has been a really challenging thing for, for me. And I'm sure you can relate. Um, but you know, I really want to, I really want to get dropped some weight just because of the fact that like, I want to be healthier. Um, and also, um, I want to keep up working out. So that way I kind of sustain that health. Like I don't want to work out to lose weight and then stop. I want to work out you to work out. So that way I'm really building good mechanics with my body and, um, you know, keeping everything nice and freshly oiled. (laughs) Yeah, girl, this vitamin an oil mix i was like okay stay stay moisturized and you know and then also stay true to your skincare routine like i finally went back to my skincare routine that i've been doing i yeah i actually um that's like a plus for me put that in the plus column i was like ha i have a skincare routine that i'm actually sticking to and not just for your face i think people like oftentimes will neglect the other parts of their bodies Mm-hmm. I was like, really, just like giving my knees some loving. Mm-hmm. Like, I gave myself a foot massage the other day. Mm-hmm. Massage class has been nice. Like, especially we're talking about like body mechanics and like, oh, posture is a huge thing. Like, I was giving myself massages and just noticing like how my posture is changing now that I'm like working from home. And I didn't have like an actual like desk set up or anything. So like a lot of times I was working on the couch and I was slouching. It's just like that's been a real struggle. But um yeah, self-care, lotion, oils. Lotion, lotion your damn knees, lotion, lotion your all the knees, all the elbows, all the crevasses. <laughs> Pass the crevassier. Oh, put body lotion on your face. Yeah. <laughs> That is something that we need to make sure that doesn't happen because that's how you break out. Um, so do we have anything for sexual health check-ins? Speaking of taking care of yourself. 
Um, you know what? It's not so much a sexual health check-in. I did want to uh, ask you how you feel about twerking and how you feel about cultural appropriation of twerking. I've come across, um, there's a few people I follow uh, mm-hmm. who are like twerk instructors. Mm-hmm. And then I came across um, another woman. I believe her name is Gal Badeau. She's um, Israeli mm-hmm. and she teaches twerking classes. And I've noticed like in all of her classes, like her students are primarily white. Mm-hmm. And she, Gal herself is, um, I would consider her a white woman. Like, that's how she presents. And it's difficult because there's also cultural differences there. Uh huh. But she is teaching in America. And, like, just she is a dancer, a businesswoman, like, well educated. But I do think some of the cultural issues um, are lost on her because there's certain like things that she'll say where I'm like, mm, I don't think you really understand like why people are taking an issue with this. And so I wanted to bring this to the table because I myself, I'm a mixed child. My mom's white. She dances, but it's not, it was never on like some, I want to dance like a black person type shit and I just it had me fucked up in my feelings really like uh so I thought I'd share that with you and bring that to the table and have this discussion with you have Um, you come across this phenomena like all great things in America it's always been conceived by it's always been conceived in the black form (laughs) come through um black magic so Back in like I think it was like 2013, Miley Cyrus uh, <laughs> popularized. I just like anytime you say that, I just imagine the little flaps, the little, yeah, the little chicken booty flaps. Yeah, so bad. Um, we all remember that when she was doing that with um, Robin Thicke. I think is that singer's name. Yeah, it was all bad. Yeah, it was, it was like the peak of cultural appropriation. And so the thing is that there's a, there's a couple weird approaches to, pro, to put this, but you can't say that Miley Cyrus popularized twerking. I mean, in a way you can, but she, she made it popular in a way where it was like the worst form of dancing and then just kind of transformed this whole like like fun thing that was supposed to be for black people into something that was like disgusting and childish and whatever. So I think twerking is cultural appropriation if white women are taking it and capitalizing it in their own classes like in their own dance classes mm-hmm. and like, not not recognizing where the fuck it comes from not giving credit where credit is due it's the same conversation i have with jazz music like i know a lot of white people who play jazz mm-hmm. um and a lot of white people who will say like i play jazz better than standard black man and it's like you can't just say that like you probably could play jazz like the, better than today's black man 
but the black man's already evolved into a different art form. So like you're way behind. <laughs> so, um, like, uh, okay. My grandpa plays better jazz than you. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's the same thing. Like if you're not taking appreciation where the art form is from or where the, the style or the trend is, from, then that's where it's considered cultural appropriation. If you're a white woman who's in a dance class, like those, like those cute dance class videos from New York. I think it's from New York uh, of like this lady named Miranda. And she has all these kids like dancing and doing routines and they'll twerk and stuff. But it's cute because like they're all like in a dance, um, in a dance class and they're all learning how to do hip hop dancing. And I don't see anything wrong with it. Mm -hmm. I think what it becomes wrong when it's one of those things that it's being considered, um, how would I put it? If someone's going like, oh, yeah, I'm Black now because I can do this. Or, oh, I got more Black points than you because I can do this. And that's when it becomes cultural appropriation because you're disrespecting the group of people who created this form of fun. Mm. So I think that's kind of my stance on it. Um, but also, I don't think, I'm so tired of seeing like a trend turn into like a, a Zumba class, like, you know, um, because then it's like, it's the same people who do these things where like months ago they're like oh that's so atrocious to oh i can make money yeah for me a lot of the problems with like issues where it was like all of a sudden white women were like oh yeah i can do this and it looks sexy and it looks cute and it looks like it's something to be impressive yeah and empowering but when a black woman does it, she's gross and she's nasty or she's a slut or she's just being like unhealthy or hood or ratchet. And I'm just like, you're. Yeah, twerking is ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> no, like, bro, don't just okay, come bro, in. Like twerking is like the person who I love who does it the best. It's fucking Meg the Stallion and it's beautiful. But me. And it's a and it's a way that it's like evolved. Like twerking has evolved. Like twerking is not the same thing as it was like literally five years ago. Like twerking is now a new thing, or it evolved into a new standard of how you dance to, or how how it's danced. But but yeah, like I <laughs> I just don't. It, there's people who are punished for it, and then there's people who are glorified for it. And yeah, we need to understand the very very. The difference between like okay you have to glorify the whole thing because if you're like calling that little girl over there nasty for doing that but you're calling this little white girl over here like oh how cute that's so adorable or like a party trick like oh she's got skills yeah. like what <laughs> so yeah what are you thinking <laughs> yeah no that that was just my rant and it's funny because like i feel torn because i like gal people like she is a dancer she's active like she, body positivity off the wazoo she's talented she puts work in um but i do think that she is um a little ignorant just to the culture that is in america i don't know what it's like in israel like i said like they got a whole different way of moving out there so i like, I don't know. I, I really can't, like, speak on where she's coming from because I don't know her personally. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, like, little things that I'll see on there where um, 
I think it was like the Drabisha song. And she was like, rappers really glorify this butt movement of being able to like jiggle one cheek and then the other one. And you're just like, um, uh, okay. <laughs> help. Just help. This is too much. I yeah. just had to get off a page. I was like, I, I can't. Yeah. No, that's exactly how I feel about it. Um, so can we talk into something a little bit more glorified, like Jordana's book club? Yeah. Uh, well, I was going to ask, was there um, anything else that you did with your week that you wanted to talk about? What yeah. are you doing? You asked what I was doing. Self-care. Uh, they really not talk about my week. Oh, okay. Gross. Yeah. That's how the week is doing. I, uh, <laughs> I did like Meg the Stallion this week. Uh, Yee. Not good. <laughs> no, what? Girl. It's so hard. I sat there looking in the mirror, looking hella stupid. Like I held onto a bookshelf. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to, I'm ready to move some booty cheeks. And then like, I tried to, I tried to move one cheek and I tried to move the other cheek. And I'm like, man, this looks miserable. Like I will never try to do this. Okay. But it's all about like positioning too. Oh. Your angles right for your knees and like, this is physics. This is real science. Okay. Science. Yeah. I want someone to get like a math equation to understand like how Megan Thee Stallion's ass moves the way that it does. Because I got you. <laughs> <laughs> like I went down a wormhole of physics yesterday. No lie, because um, flat earthers was getting on my last nerve. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've just been on my physics grind. We 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 could do this. I got you. We'll figure out all those angles. This is gravity. This is the force needed to uplift the butt cheek. <laughs> At this excellent angle right here, you get the maximum jiggle for your input. <laughs> <laughs> you got to say it like that in, in the screen. The way they, like you have to be really that close and it has to be a video of her and then your face in like the top, the top right corner. Oh my God. <laughs> I will slow-mo. Look at the jiggle. Look at the jiggle. <laughs> Look at the jiggle girl. See her knees? Her knees are absorbing the force. Okay, so you get all of the flexion right here. In where it should be. <laughs> you must have the height differential to let the booty drop. <laughs> force, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Force is with you. May the force be with you. Oh, my God. Uh, I tried that. Um, like I said, I've been trying to become more and more careful about how much I'm eating because it's really easy for me to return back to the fridge. Um, I'm still trying to finish up this video project that is way overdue. Um, and I'm trying to figure out my life before these conventions open back up again because I'm still helping coordinate Mag West. So, You're so excited. Yeah. I'm excited, but I'm also like, I wouldn't be surprised if we canceled until next year because that's what's been going on with all these other conventions, you know? Yes. Yeah, that is um, a struggle for real. Yeah. So many artist friends <laughs> are just like, I don't know what to do right now. Because there's only um, so much you can do with virtual tip jars. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah you know we give when we can if we're lucky enough to have the extra income but honestly at the end of the day I know that my hundred bucks that I'm spreading out like can only go so far right right no I 
I've been trying to do the thing where like if I order food, I order from places that I know would benefit from my money. Mm-hmm. For example, last night I ordered from a ramen shop in Palo Alto, which is like one of my favorite ramen shops in the world. Um, called Dohatsu. Um, mm-hmm. so I ordered food from there. I was, they really have a nice kind of vegan menu. So that way I know what I can order. Um, Sometimes vegan. <laughs> vegan, yeah. Hashtag. And then um, I also try to order from other places like Happy Hooligan. Um, I order from, like, I'm really trying to order from, like, the, like, the mom and pop places. Like, for example, shout out to Art Boutique, like, today they're doing, I, I know people won't get this until Monday, but Art Boutique is doing a, um, we're ordering food today. Uh, you can buy whatever, uh, menu items and then you can take it to go, but you can also take a beer to go as well. So, uh, you can buy beer and food from them so that way they can stay afloat through the month of April as well as through the month of May. Um, Bar Boutique, for those who don't know, is a local um, comic book store as well as a music venue who hosts a lot of local as well as international famous uh, instrumentalists. Um, so it's really, it would be really nice if you guys, if you are not ordering from them today, at least uh, subscribe to their Patreon so then that way they can get through um, with the next couple of months. Yay. Um, speaking of beer, mm, it's been a problem. So we got a Krups machine now. What machine? Krups. So uh, it's basically like just um, a little, was it beer tab? Beer keg? Tell me more. <laughs> taps so it's um you they'll send you a little like plastic mini kegs and you put it in this machine this is the Krebs machine and it cools it and basically now you just you have beer you have a little mini bar in your kitchen and you just it's there on tap on demand and it's cold and it's delicious so if you open our, my fridge right now, it's oh, mostly, crepes. yeah, crepes. Sorry, I'm like crepes. I got the crepes machine. I'm like, how are you making beer out of crepes? <laughs> yes, the crispy light beers. Uh, so yeah, it's mostly um, just mini kegs of beer and cider. That would be really nice for a party. It would be. I'm- <laughs> party arrested (laughs) um so yeah that's hashtag day drinking um yeah i'm drinking now more than ever which is funny because i was never really like a big drinker because my tolerance was like crazy high so it's like it just was like a waste by the time i was drunk everybody else was like passed out so no, like no lie. Yeah, this, this is true. There's so many people who can attest to this. Like, the one person who's still awake at the party, not drunk. Everybody else is drunk. Like this is this is this is some bullshit. I used to be that person. I'm not that person anymore. <laughs> no, you are not that person. Is <laughs> you're cute. It's cost effective though. I like. I kind of wish I could be more of like a a lighter tolerant person towards alcohol oh yeah i'm a cheap date <laughs> you're a cheap date you're a cost-effective date 
well, yeah, I've been doing really good about not drinking a lot of alcohol during this. Um, and I think it's because I now, since doing my New Year's resolution from last year and mm-hmm. on to this year, like I have noticed that like I feel shitty after drinking a couple beers the next day even if it i'm not even getting that messed up like i still feel like ugh like yeah. i don't, don't want to i don't want to keep doing this so having like the the bleh, like mentality really helps and i'm really trying to make sure if i do drink that i'm only drinking in happy situations not because i'm sad and i'm also trying not to do it like nightly either i used to do it nightly um and now it's gone from like nightly to like once a month well so for us it was mostly just like now what do we do on the weekends because we can't really go out you know i Uh, i got an idea oh what do you got so we can skip a section um so have you been trying to play board games online I was gonna say uh, we found a spades app so we've been playing spades online because that's what we used to do um, with our friends back in Texas like we would go to my friend Falcon's house like every Friday and we would all have beer it was like Corona it's like a light you know and just drink and like listen to music and play games cards against humanity uh, all kinds and we would play spades and like spades is hilarious because every i feel like culturally every different group of people has like a different group of rules for spades and so it's just um a blast and so we found it online online it's still like weird and it's not as fun because you don't get like you know your little face-to-face hand play yeah but um it's still great and like it's funny because if you look at our apartment our apartment is like perfect for this kind of situation. We have so many games, so many board games, so much out, like way more than two people should probably have. Yeah. I know. So what I was trying to go with that is that I found a way to play a few board games online. Um, like one of them is Cards Against Humanity, but there's an interface called Remote Insensitivity, which there are people who are, they're not associated with the people who made Cards Against Humanity. But what's really cool is if you are really good with Excel sheets, sorry, Kylie's watching me stretch right now. I've been naming. It looks good. Yeah. No. Boobies. So going back to what I was saying. So uh, uh, there's a app called, or there's a website called, um, Playingcards.io um, that ha- that hosts remote insensitivity, aka presence humanity. And what's really cool is you can actually create your custom um, you can create custom decks. Um, but the way to do that is you have to make a comma space value Excel sheet and upload it into remote insensitivity, and then it'll take your cards. Ooh, so that with a couple of folks. Um, I did that with my friends. Devane and some a couple of his friends uh, in Vegas. Um, I mean, I know he doesn't live around here, but if you, I'm sure if he did, we would probably do the same thing because Devane and I often bullshit and play a bunch of dumb games together all the time. Um, there's also another game called Codenames Online, which is a really good game, multiplayer game that you can play with some friends. So, like not Codename Kid Next Door? Not Codenames Kid Next Door, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that one's a really good game to play. Um, and then 
I know that there's been other people who've been playing like other like games like Guess Who and so just like always look up like things that you can do with like your friends in case if you're having like some deprivation. Um, I know I was invited to a trivia night in a couple nights, so that will be fine. Fun, but if it's like over, eight, okay, I'm not gonna lie. Here's my here's my weird like weirdness with it. If the games become over six people, I am so I don't want to be involved. <laughs> too many people too to many not people. actually be like interacting. Yeah, it's too many people, and also it's not enough. Like the. Sometimes, like, what will happen on Zoom or Google Hangout is, like, there's so much noise and feedback that that it's really hard to hear. So make sure you're very mindful about how many people, like, with all the games that I've been playing, I've been trying to keep it to four to six at the most. Any more than that, like, I just kind of say, like, hey, guys, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> Everybody needs to keep their shit on mute, except for whoever's hosting. Lols. <laughs> you got to set up your rules use those little uh chat boxes and emoji reactions or at least chat like chat like use the chat stream or something like that um but yeah that's i think that's a good way to pass time during this um pandemic if you're really feeling like a sense of fomo and as well as a sense of like loneliness um during these times um so speaking of book club book club so uh, Jadena has um, hosted a book club channel on YouTube called The Lit Review. And, <laughs> and um, I just, this is their second episode that they live streamed on, I want to the 21st mm-hmm. of April. And they did um, an article called The Coronation by Charles Einstein. And he hosts this with two other people all together. They are the intoxicated uncles, which I think is like really funny. Um, I'm not as familiar with the other two hosts, which I just came for Jadena. Sorry. <laughs> not sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um, but uh, it's a group, black men, um, talking about articles also written by primarily black men also some black women in there um they have the list is on there they provide the readings for you so like the essay um, that they were speaking about on the 21st I went and read it and um I'm really glad I did so Charles Einstein was basically um just talking about some of the social ramifications um that we're seeing with COVID and really um, the connectivity that human beings have with one another and the actions that we're choosing to take Mm -hmm. and really the potential that we um, have to guide what our society is going to look like moving forward, the choices that we're making. Um, He talks a little bit about um, just the other uh, like hard chips that we face on a global scale you know he breaks down some of the statistics for um, the deaths that we have been seeing and what we're and not to downplay the seriousness of COVID-19 but he also talks about how you know worldwide hunger what the numbers um, have looked like just for the past few years 
coming into play and you know really questioning why we have decided to globally act on this pandemic when the numbers are like five to ten times worse for people around the world um, dying from starvation from depression uh, from wasting disease um, and it was an article that was deep and at sometimes disheartening, but always with this undercurrent of, you know, we are seeing now that we are capable of coming together and taking action when need be, and, you know, not downplaying the seriousness of COVID-19, but also not saying that it's going to be the end-all to end-all. You know, he does tackle some other um, theories um, talking about, you know, why people are having such, um, like, polar reactions in the United States. Mm -hmm. Because you don't really, you aren't really seeing um, a lot of these same reactions in, like, um, other countries. Right. And, you know, he says largely it's because of how um, our political system is set up mm-hmm. because we are so polarized with Democrats versus Republicans. You know, anything that might be said, you know, even if it is statistically sound or scientifically sound or rooted in, in fact, mm-hmm. empirical evidence sometimes goes to the wayside when you have views that are so polarized. So even if you are liberal and there's something that is true and factual, but a pro-Trump supporter says it, you're going to be less likely to listen to whatever that person has to say and vice versa. And so um, I thought that was like a really fascinating, this article was long. (laughs) Um, I mean, but it wasn't a book. So it is something that you could sit down for like 15 minutes and finish reading. And it's well worth the read, like, honestly. So I'm, I'm really glad that I came across, um, the lit review. I really, yeah, I was like, oh, Chitana's doing something. Let me go check it out. And then was like, ooh, intellectual stimulation. I'm here for it. And um, was very, yeah, glad that I read that article. So I'm going to continue following them. Yeah, I do. I, that's something I feel as a nation in general, just kind of speaking about, or kind of reflecting on what you said about how our country is just so polarized as well as like we're always pitted we're, we're pitted against the, each other for the wrong reasons um and so I hate the fact that for a sec, for a second everyone was so distracted with oh Trump Republican versus versus like you know Hillary Clinton Democrat like it was always yeah. like blue versus red blue versus red blue versus red and it's so stupid because it's like blue a heroic color versus red an evil color like it's <laughs> It's like the, the, like, it's all the theatrics behind, like, trying to figure out what should be done seriously with our, with our country, but everybody is so raised on drama and, and, like. Oh, my God, so much drama. All the conspiracies. Conspiracies, and people are so, like, I just want to win, and it's, like, well, winning's not the point. The point is 
to be collaborative and mindful and also like what's actually best for everybody not for best for what is on your fucking like one-dimensional agenda you want trump to win because you feel like you're not being heard as a flyover state you want trump to win because you feel like that all the libertarians are just moving too fast with society which they actually have really good ideas like you want Trump to win because he might benefit in just your life because you feel like you're winning. That's the only time I ever felt like this man was like ever like beneficial to anybody who's a red state. But other than that, like this whole, like he's proven himself through this COVID thing. Oh, yay. $1,200 that might've popped up in your bank account. That's it. That's it. <laughs> like, like what, what else has he done? Like, he's all he's like ignited violence he's ignited um like discrediting other people dehumanizing other people like is that is that someone that you want but uh, here it is like they're just so focused on like i just want to win and it's like okay you won but he hasn't really benefited society um and then so with that being said where it's like there's these other things where like all the Democrats, I feel like, are just a bunch of, bunch of guys who are just trying to figure out a way to best clean up damage control, like, you know, and then you have this one guy who was really promising and coming in with, like, hey, you, you people are not getting paid enough. Let's, let's raise the wage. Evil! No! Idiots! Like, let's, let's raise it so then that way people can actually have a thriving livelihood. Like, well, it's also, like, um, capitalism doesn't really it's not sustainable no and so then there's that and then someone's like oh we really fucked millennials with fucked them good and hard bruh <laughs> we didn't want them to be better than us even though we need people to carry on our old ass legacy because a bunch of us who are in government are over the age of 45 and we're gonna die in the next 30 years who's gonna take over but they fucked us. We're all in debt. The ones who are not in debt are spoiled kids who are already like, jade, not jaded, but already influenced by their parents saying like, everything's going to be fine, honey. I'm just going to cover you. Like, so. I was watching um, just a, a little bit of Tupac the other day and he was talking about how he thinks it's crazy that you know, people who are like millionaires will have several houses with several rooms and nobody's in them. And he was like, he himself could never be that way. Like spreading the wealth around, like, how do you feel like day to day going through your life with all of the things that you have hoarding, knowing that people are literally dying of just simply not having the things they need to live. Yeah. Like, I'm taking off all this land just to show you guys that I have a bigger dick than you is what it is. Like, misappropriation of wealth is crazy. Yeah. The whole top, top 1%. Yeah, <laughs> Hashtag eat the rich. Right, basically. But yeah, it's like, like, going back to it, it's like there's these people who are just trying to say, like, we're whole as a country. We're not, we shouldn't be having to, like, bias our, our decision making for we're billionaires we should try to figure out a way to make sure that everybody has a chance and then everyone's like no way yeah that is a real what the fuck like what the fuck and so 
I don't know. I feel like anybody and anybody should not have student loans, especially if they try to like improve their lives through what, what we've been brainwashed to do. So for example, like we were brainwashed to go to college. We were brainwashed to finish school, finish school, Um, finish school. So for me, this is really um, hitting me hard because before I was just working um, and paying for school semester by semester, I'd never taken out like any kind of student loans so pro to that was I didn't have student debt the con to that is it's taking me forever to go through college and I for the first time have taken out student loans to finish this program um putting myself through massage school which I will eventually um use massage to help offset some costs for more schooling down the line and so um yeah that's starting to hit me because i've never had to deal with that kind of debt before and if you grow up like how i've grown up which is always like paycheck to paycheck my parents didn't go to college you know my parents didn't have secure job my mom has been uh in debt for like most of her adult life and is just now like in her 60s coming out of it i was never really taught uh like how to use debt to get forward debt was always like something that was going to be crippling that was going to like dictate how you're going to live your entire life and so like I avoided it like a plague but I think um recognizing that I had that like poverty mentality um is real and it's a struggle and it's like something that also becomes a part of like self-worth and investing in oneself um so I like did it and it's been like it's it's scary like for the first time like I'm not really sure what's happening and a lot of people are going through that kind of fear where they're not really sure what's happening because you know you get a job and you're supposed to have a career supposed to whatever that means by my age people are like um yeah you should be well established already which I think is kind of ridiculous um but yeah. So I <laughs> we're gonna like edit out all my ums. Oh, oh god. No, I was just saying that um for the first time in my life I'm really having to like face this kind of um like economic fear, but also being willing to fucking take that chance because like especially now you're realizing like a lot of this really is man made. Mm-hmm. You know? I I, I don't want to say that I wasted so much time, but I could have made things so much easier on myself just being like, all right, fuck it. I'll take the debt and then I'll get my education, whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, even now, you know, I have, I'm lucky enough where I have a job right now. I'm working from home, Mm -hmm. but I already know my job is going to be up in two months. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking for a job in this climate. And then knowing that on top of that, I got to start paying for school, mm-hmm. even though I took out loans, like you still have to pay like a certain amount every month. And then just knowing it's your, like your regular bills. And then people are like, oh, well, that's just part, part of adult life. Like, okay, but are these really some of the problems that you were facing when you were in your early adult life? Mm-hmm. And then also being like a woman and being a person of color, mm-hmm. like, and that's what everyone forgets is like 
oh, I was able to pay through school by having my job and blah, 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 because school for you only costed like like $100. School only costed $100. I wish school had costed $100. I had to like somehow like blow like five grand per semester out of my ass. Yeah, I was going to say for this whole program, it's like a year. Um, I want to say it's like a little over... And it's not even promising because, like, then we're also pressured into picking a thing. Yeah. Picking a thing. And we got to spend 15 15 to 20 grand on a year of picking a thing. And that's, like, at the low end, really. Mm -hmm. Like, some of us are very passionate and want to get an art degree. But also some of us want to be, like, more versatile and get some type of business degree. But you never know what that degree is going to morph into. And then what they scam you additionally to prove your worth is pursuing more certifications in the area that you're doing. Or maybe that art degree doesn't work. And then you want to do something else. And then then you're stuck with this, like, degree that not it's not worthless because it's, you know, it feeds your soul, but it doesn't really feed your feed your stomach. So it's like, I don't know that was going to be like the consequence of being a musician, but yeah. also at the same time is like, I have more worth aside from like my musicality, like, and I've proven that to people multiple, multiple times, but then I get stuck where it's like, well, you don't have a degree in this or mm, you didn't write, work for the right companies. Oh my God. I hate that. Um, my, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, please. No. So my brother's a musician as well. And he's, that is his living you know you know he goes out he grinds he's on tour he's writing music he's performing that is his everyday job that's how he supports himself he supports his family he's got two kids you know and that is his jam he I love him so much he works so hard and is so humble and like just incredible loving man he oh my mom's calling me Sorry, mom. I'll talk to you later. He's playing today. That's probably why she she calls me every Sunday. I mean, she calls me every day, like regardless, but she calls me every Sunday before my brother goes live. um, And we talk about it. It's cute. So he's in Hawaii, but because of the way that he has been able to make his living on his passions, you know, he did go to school for music and didn't finish because it wasn't like, it just, that just was not the path for him. Now, for me, it's kind of boggling because he looks at me and, like, we're very different, but still, like, very much the same. And he's he's frustrated for me. He's like, you're so talented and you're so smart. Like, why do you need this degree to do what you want to do? Just do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I could do it. But also, what I want to do, if I did do it that way, like, could be illegal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like being a therapist and not having those degrees, even if you have experience. Yeah. And like, there's always like a client or some person who will just like do the thing and demand that you have that validation. Yeah. They'll, they'll be like, Oh, if you don't have this and how can I trust you? Are you a scam? And it's like, everyone's business is a scam. Did that person who is in carpentry actually have a degree? No, they have apprenticeship and that there doesn't need to be any certification now anything that you know deals with working with like expensive equipment and all this stuff yeah like honestly oh by all means uh my doctor i would like to 
have gone through some extensive training. Yeah, no. But also even doctors shouldn't have to, this is just going to sound really weird, but doctors shouldn't have to pay the amount of money just to become a doctor. Oh, they shouldn't. It's exorbitant. I want to, like, that has been one of my lifelong dreams. Like, really. Um, like, if and... I, like, I was so tempted to become a doctor when I was a kid, but I saw how much schooling has needed to go through that. So it's like, you go to, you have your bachelor's, you have your master's, you go and do medical school for a long ass time and you're spending all this money and then you get your job. And then it's like, not only that you're being treated like crap by all your patients, then you have to have the patients to deal with patients. Um, and then you have to work on all your administrative work. Um, and you also get no sleep. And then you have all these weird shifts where you're working from like 6 a.m. to about 12 midnight. And then you have to get up three hours to work another shift. Like I hear all these crazy stories and they're paying all this money to like literally give up their life for people. Like I applaud you for getting to that stuff, but it's like you're paying too much money to to work with people. And I think that's the thing. Everyone's paying too much money to find a passion that it doesn't become a passion anymore. Like that's, that has a shelf life. Passion can have a shelf life. And then um, you're now sitting there and you're like, wow, I really did all this shit to get some sort of like, like feel some self, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, some Some self-worth, self-validating. Some people are just doing it for the title and you're just like, uh, well, for the money. It's, it's a self-reward. It's like self-rewarding. And also it's just rewarding to work with your community. But if you're sitting in debt and your debt's not paid off because you're working with all these people and you're like sacrificing your 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 soul and your own mental health to work with these people. I think that's unfair. I don't think anybody should pay, be paying that much money just just to work with people who come in sometimes into the doctor's office with like heartburn or even worse like you're sitting there doing like a 12-hour surgery on a heart and then like you're still swimming in debt. Like that's ridiculous. <laughs> For me um like I said this like I this is something that I was seriously pursuing and have been pursuing for a long time. Like, uh, I would go do like summer internships and, you know, I visited a lot of hospitals, visited a lot of doctors. I spent like one summer down, um, at the medical school at UCLA, which like, that was a privilege to be able to do. It was a program for, um, STEM students who were like looking into the field and we got to, um, sit in on lectures and just talk to a bunch of different healthcare professionals. And really it was like, it was heartbreaking because you have all of these people who got into the medical field because they wanted to help and they get their job. They finally get all of the knowledge that they need. And at the end of the day, they can't actually have the time to sit down with their patients because they have so much admin work because they have to work around so many um, like legislation bullshit that they are turning people away. They you're telling people who are sick in front of you that you can't help them because they can't, they don't have the money for it. You know, their insurance doesn't cover whatever life-saving procedure it would be or the medications would cost too much. Um, and that it just doesn't fit into their overhead. Right. And like you hear these stories over and over again. And like 
I think that's the part that's really devastating. It's like there's no care in healthcare anymore. Right. So like I I've noticed that doctors have been feeling like that they just want to like especially if you're going in for like a mild thing, there's no integrity with the, whatever mild symptom that you're going in for because they're so stressed. They're like, "Oh, okay, well, I'm going to talk over you and tell you what you need and then leave until you make a decision. Like, that's basically what it is. And I felt like that every single time I go into a doctor's office, like that they just don't want to hear it. They just want to hear like what the basics basics are going on and then they just shoo you out of their office. Um, It's very rare that I get a doctor who will sit there and actually listen to me um, and then say like, okay, I understand what you're going through. Let's try this, see where it goes. Um, and then after, you know, going through the process of this and we'll try it like this. Um, but there's a lot of doctors that are like, just do it. And then like, just email me or whatever. And I mean, I understand that like, that's what they have to do because again, like I'm, I'm not even mad at these doctors who are like, okay, okay. Like, listen, like you're, you're bitching too much. Just do this and don't talk to me (laughs) because we're so overwhelmed with patients. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're still swimming in their debt. (laughs) Like, yeah. uh, Anywho, um, let's talk about Rose. Let's get something happy in here. Oh, real life. I finished seven. I finished Final Fantasy seven. Oh my god! Very like a lot of emotions. Yes, please walk me through your emotions. Oh my god! So when I first started playing the game, it was the music. The music got. <gasps> oh my god! The music, bruh. That hip hop chocobo remix, uh, 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 uh. Um, <laughs> yo. <laughs> that one was like the most sloppy hip hop mix, though. It was hilarious. I was like, "What is this?" And then they're like, "Oh, it's a hip hop mix." I was like, "Is it?" <laughs> Did you finish the game? Um, I have not. I haven't even finished the original. Um, I am on the third disc though, so you'll be proud of me. Oh, are you? Are you doing the original game or are you doing the remake? I'm doing the original game. Oh, I'm talking about the remake. Yeah, I know you're talking about the remake because you're ahead of me. But remember, I didn't grow up with television. So, like, everybody's on their remakes. I'm still on the originals, okay? And I didn't want to play the remake without finishing the original. So I'm on disc three in the original. (laughs) Back off me, bruh. The remake uh, is really... I've been watching um, Julian play the remake, though, so I have been privy to the beautiful art. Yeah. The graphics. The music is really good. You're talking to someone who's been waiting for this game since middle school. Yeah, forever and ever. Waiting for this uh, remake since middle school, because I started playing Final Fantasy VII a lot later than everybody else did, so... A lot later than everyone else did. (laughs) <laughs> I'm playing it now and I'm like almost 30. Yeah. So I played it, I think it came out in seven. So in 1990, or it came out in 1997. I was around six years old. Yeah. I was going to say, we were six. Yeah. So, but I didn't get to play it until middle school. So, Flash to the Future. Um, a friend of mine who put me on it named Frankie, uh, who is currently, we still keep in touch, and he is in a bit, he's in a um, hardcore band called Lucrecia. Um, and They're awesome, by the way. Yeah, they're fucking dope. Uh, I'm always geeked when, like, you see people that live up to their hype. Mm-hmm. 
yeah they live up to their hype they do um and so I played it and I was like in love with it and I was in love with the story but it also helped that I had a bunch of friends who were also into it and so um we all had somehow bought our own game and we've every time a glitch would happen on one disc we would swap discs so that way I can get to the next part because sometimes this version it doesn't play through fluidly it there's going to be a lot of disc interruptions and that's the thing that we had to fight with a lot of the time with Final Fantasy 7 and also Final Fantasy 8 <laughs> so Struggles the new kids will never know yeah so we would always have to save find a save point <laughs> and then like hope see what what next checkpoint we get to and if that next checkpoint had a glitch then that means we had to like switch discs um so that always happened when we were kids um so there was just like a musical disc going on so after the game was done I was like wow this is awesome and then I as a weirdo kid I wrote a lot of fan fiction that's how much I love the game <laughs> there was a couple of like little teasers that happened in between the game like Final Fantasy Last Order which was like a an animated I think I think it was less than I think three episodes or something like that an animated series or even I think it was like a seven minute thing I don't even remember having episodes where you see the story of like the soldiers going to Nibelheim and it's like Zach, Sephiroth, Cloud and they go to um, Nibelheim and they're just like you know they're they're gonna go check out the Mako reactor up there and then that's also the part of the story where Sephiroth is like freaking out and he goes mother and like he sees like, <laughs> and steals Genova head and yeah, town. Um and so there was that little teaser that was really good. Healthy um, man to imprint upon. Yeah. yeah. And then there was a phone game that was only released in Japan. Um I I not Crisis Core, but I think it was called Before Crisis where it talks about the story with the Turks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was like a cute little thing that went out. So I was only to see, I was only able to see gameplay with that. I didn't actually um, play play Crisis or Before Crisis because it was only for it was only for uh, a mobile game in Japan. Um, and then after that, there was uh, Dare to Service, which was the game based off of Vincent Valentine. Um, and so that was a little like, everyone was like, ah, this was fan servicey. And also it had a lot of J-pop that no one really cared for it at the time. So they're like, eh, <laughs> and then, uh, Poor Crisis came out, which actually was really good because it showed the potential of the animation for the game, the remake. Mm-hmm. Poor Crisis was the story about Zack mostly, but it also incorporated more characters such as it had like the three first class soldiers which was angel or i think they pronounce it as angel and angel. Yeah, right and genesis um so there was those guys and then oh and i forgot advent children advent children was the um epilogue uh movie for final fantasy 7 of like post-death sephiroth and like there's these three like remnants that go and haunt cloud and they're fucking shit up and so like you also see some animation that was supposed to be potential for the remake so I was super excited when I finally saw it I was like yes like I don't exactly have to just see these characters like featured on Kingdom Hearts they're actually real life now yeah so I was really really happy to actually play through seven so the music got me a lot I started sobbing 
Oh. I was sobbing because the music at the beginning of the game was so good and everything, all the songs like brass or like straight up orchestral music was, it all sounded authentic and real and it was really good. Um, the fighting system is really good. They did a really good job with like the fighting system, um, making sure that you can, um, instead of like turn-based like it is in the old school game, like there is a sense of turn-based, but you have to wait until like an energy ga- gauge or called an ATB gauge mm-hmm. uh, fills up before you can use an attack. But in the meantime, you can do basic melee attacks. Um, and then there is what was also really good. The materia was a little bit different. Right, I like the fact that you can actually see the materia in the weapons. Yeah, the materia in the weapons was a really good feature. Um, very attention to detail. Um, but there also the fact that there was the materia doesn't affect with the stats of the player, but in general, you can upgrade your weapons. Um, you can upgrade your weapons so that way it embellishes what the foundation of your character already is. So I really liked that. Um, and then there was a couple of twists with the story that they did to make it a little bit more fluid. And of course they added in a couple more characters to help with the storyline. So it was a really good way how they filled in a bunch of missing gaps to make the story a little bit more functional. So again, I'm not going to tell you which parts of the story that they did to do that. For example, at the end, they did a really big twist um, that I won't spoil for you guys. Um, but it, it was a really good take on how they did the whole ending of the game. Um, and also, just so anybody is listening, I don't. I think this is something for anybody to know. The game does end after you infiltrate the uh, Shinra HQ. I thought it would actually go up until like the end of disc one, but it doesn't get to that point. So it only ends to there, which is, I think is a good stopping point for a game that's so heavily rendered. Um, and yeah, like I think that was just kind of like my whole take with Final Fantasy VII and I loved it. And I can't wait till what they do in the next, like when the next discs come out or whatever DLC pack that they release. Um, I think it would be really beneficial to make sure that they that they release this game in the next two years and don't have us waiting for another 10 because by the time that the game is done, a lot of us are going to be dead. <laughs> Dang. Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts, it was like, Kingdom Hearts 2! And then 10 years later, I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? I I'm also crazy. playing Kingdom Hearts, the original. The original? Uh-huh. Good. Kingdom Hearts is good. Everyone shits on it. Well, I kind of shot on the last one because I was pissed. I was like, I was <laughs> done with this game. I was ready to be done with this game, but they left a cliffhanger and it pissed me off. I'm like, three games is enough. It's okay. But because like Disney is like, we need, we need mouse money and Square Enix is like, yeah, we can see more money. I'm like, I was so mad because I'm like, now I'm just playing the game just to complete the story. It's like watching an anime and not finishing the last like five episodes because you're like, fuck this shit. I have to finish it so I know what happens and I know what type of closure it is. If I don't have closure, then it fucks me up. <laughs> uh, so it just brought me to Game of Thrones feelings where I was like, oh, I had to finish and then I was so sad that I did. <laughs> yeah, with Game of Thrones, it was the same thing. I was like, okay, just give me just give me the last season. Just give me the last season. I know it's only like six episodes. And then I was like, take, take back that last, take, take it back. 
Oh my god. In other news, um, Black Anime Twitter has been going fucking insane. Has it? <laughs> yeah, it's been amazing. And I, I'm really, really appreciating that there's so much shit going on on that end. So I hope you know that my Black Anime Twitter consists of, like, you um, and Mega Ran. <laughs> but mostly you. Follow more bitches. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, what is these tweeters? I don't follow nobody. Nobody is following me. It's because I don't be on the tweet. Um, there's a squad of girls who've been frequenting my timeline with Girl Squad. Yeah, with uh cosplay. I, I will do name cosplay right now. Uh such as King Crystal, Siyun here, Lauren Taylor, and Izzy Brando. Okay, following. Yeah, and then there's this other girl, oh, I can't remember her name, her name, but she's also adorable, and I'll find her name in just a second. Um, but they've been frequently um, on my time on my timeline with a lot of nonsense. <coughs> but also they've been doing a lot of trendy things. So they do, they've done the pass the brush challenge. They've done the savage challenge. Um, they've done the beauty button challenge. Um, and they're just doing a bunch of like anime things. The one star of the show though, King Crystal, is fucking bananas. She's insane. So she what she does. She photoshops herself with anime guys, where it's like a very sensual relationship. Oh, <laughs> I just want to scream at her because I'm like, bitch, what are you doing? And that's like her whole aesthetic is like, what are you doing? So the first picture I've ever seen her do is like, have you ever heard of the anime Berserk? It's an older anime. Yes. See, so- and like the thing is, I know the older animes because a lot of them were makers, and I was reading them. Mm-hmm. so I was like I know like anime I'm a little better at because I was like those are easier things like if you were going to somebody's sleepover and you could stay up late and watch anime yeah so the the one meme that she did is there was like a dark dark girl with a pixie haircut in berserk I love a dark girl with a pixie photoshopped, haircut photoshopped that girl out of the picture and photoshopped herself in and she was being hugged by the main Berserk protagonist. And I haven't watched Berserk, but I know it's Berserk. And I just, I don't typically scream at my phone, but I screamed. I'm like, what? Who's doing this? Who? And I'm like, you know, it's like all the like reactions of like, delete this. You know, it's just like, what are you doing? She also recently did a Photoshop of, um, she re she made like a music video of of cross cross fiction of uh the princess and the frog and cinderella where you have to see this video but she made tiana a servant in cinderella's house where the prince would go to her her quarters at night and like make love to her so it was totally, oh no it was totally like the master and the and the slave no yeah it was cringy as fuck <laughs> no i you just see him walk out of her room and you see Cinderella like pissed and like you see her and Cinderella and the prince kissing um and then like you know the prince preferring princess Tiana over Cinderella but the thing that got me is the attention to detail in the fucking video is that when the prince sneaks out of uh the servant's room you see a sign that says servant's quarters and I 
fucking, I, I was dead. I, I was dead. I'm like, who the fuck did this? And I found out it was that same girl, King Crystal. And I fucking, I'm like, I fucking knew it. Why did I fucking know? It? I don't even know this fucking girl. And I fucking knew it. <laughs> but yeah, she's like really goofy. Um, which cracks me up, uh, and I think, I hope one day that she really does get ahead of the game of, like, you know, comedy and whatnot, because I think she's worth it, worthy, but, like, the other girls in the same, in the kind of the same group, like, Izzy Brando is just, like, this really pretty girl that just does a lot of, like, makeovers, and, like, she, um, has a lot of cosplay ideas, and, like, same thing with Sam and here and Lauren Taylor, so it's all these Black girls kind of uniting in their appreciation of anime, which is something that I always support, because you don't really hear a lot of, like, Black girls in their appreciation for anime, like, if anything, everyone's like, ew, and you're like, so what, and I always felt like I was the only Black girl who loved anime in high school, but then I met, like, people like Brooke Young, who also loved anime, um, and then, like, as, like, I kind of expanded, like, I also learned that, like, there's, like, Daniel Radford, who is, um, who is a host on a lot of shows, and she, she is, like, I don't think she's into anime, per se, but she also really likes wrestling, and so that is something that I was, like, oh, I'm glad there's, there's more of a collaborative of girls, and also queen of, like, video games and anime is Samus, like, Mother Brain, pieces in space like she's just like she is like the nerdcore queen like there's no if ands or buts and she's also like very like she talks about like being a girl and being into anime and like you know just like being into all this nerdy stuff and feeling kind of rejected so like she is like queen bee of like leading the whole movement so uh, applaud to girls finding some sense of solidarity through all of this and then also rejecting all the haters who think otherwise i think i've always been like such an outlier that any of my friends were also outliers so I was like if I knew <clears throat> most of my friends who were women who were also black were also like into anime on some level or into manga on some level so um I've been lucky in that regard I guess mm-hmm yeah, it's just one of those things, like, I remember being in high school, and, like, the one story that I tell everybody is, like, someone threw a ranch at me because, because they thought I was a loser, and then, like, no, none of those people who threw ranch at me got punished because it was the popular kids from, from my high school, so of course they don't get punished. It was, like, one of those things. So. If we went to the same high school, I would have punished those kids for you. In the name of the moon, I shall punish you. Exactly. In the name of the moon, I'm going to kick you in the face with my big ass space boots because that's what I was wearing every day. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn stompers. They were like 15 pounds each. Thigh game was real. Yeah. Um, there is a new anime girl meme called Anime Merch versus Batty. Okay. Yes. I'm seeing this. Hilarious. Yeah. It's cute. I had one. Yeah. You did. And I gotta say, though, you're cute in, like, every iteration of yourself. You're so pretty. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, no, it was. it's just a cute thing to kind of get into. Like, I feel like the pass the brush or the don't rush challenge, like, I'm running out of makeup, so I'm not participating in those lately. <laughs> I could never, like, I don't wear makeup on the daily, so, like, I just have so much makeup. 
I probably should be doing some of these challenges just as an excuse to use my goddamn makeup. You should, and I will retweet you. More big body bitches. Yeah, right. You know what? Um, that is something that um, I've been like looking a little closely, like more into. I follow um, a few women on Instagram, but Ashley Chubby Bunny, she's like one of the main big baddies that I follow and she was doing um, a discussion on you know being a big woman Mm -hmm. who has had to like learn um, or rather unlearn a lot of the hatred that she has for her body Mm -hmm. and um, it's so funny because like looking back on that journey like I can definitely say that like I love myself I love my body I love my curves Mm -hmm. and I do remember a time where wearing something sleeveless was like inconceivable Mm -hmm. wearing something like with my arms out or like my whole legs out was like just something that I would not do because of the jiggle Mm -hmm. or because people would stare or people would like say things to me uh like even now like as a full-on grown-ass woman like wearing what I want to wear in the house now it's like easy okay I could wear what I want to wear all day and then leaving the house where you're like oh is this something that I should wear outside the house which is like such a crazy question to ask you're like are you comfortable in what you're wearing and I was like yeah I'm comfortable with what I'm wearing like I wear this all day like why do you even care um what someone else is gonna think about you like obviously I'm not walking down the streets naked I like to be naked I like (laughs) looking at myself naked like I have no problem being naked but it's other people I've had people ask me like uh if I hated myself if I wanted to kill myself I've had people tell me you know that they would kill themselves if they were my size or that like if I if we're having a conversation and like say we're talking about weight and they're like stressing over like this 10 pounds none of their damn fucking problem and then it's like even if it's like okay so we're open we're talking about weight i actually don't know what i weigh now because like it's been forever since i've actually like been someplace with a scale Mm -hmm. um but like i'll tell people like okay so like i weigh 300 something pounds 350 360 and then they're looking at me and they're like oh no way like you don't weigh that much like yeah I do you guys just don't understand like what weight looks like weight and size are not the same yeah you know what I mean like or you could be looking or they'll look at somebody else who's walking down the street and like say something about her weight and her size and because she's shaped differently than me I and I can recognize this but I'm privileged enough to have the shape that I have I have an hourglass shape it is more socially acceptable to be a big woman and to be my size if I if you are shaped like this people look at me and they tell me oh well like your size isn't as noticeable because you're so evenly proportioned Mm -hmm. which I'm like okay yeah I got big breasts I have big ass like I have big thighs they're like but there's no portion of me that's like you know I don't carry all of my weight in one area you know I don't just have big arms or a big belly and like small legs or I don't have big legs and like a little upper body so yeah. people look at me differently mm-hmm. and like hearing that kind of like narrative is crazy to me um 
so yeah that, that's just been something that I've been looking at I was like you know I should post I don't really post that much like like generally just as a general rule I don't really post that much mm-hmm. um but when I do post on Instagram or things like that it's usually like because I did do something fun with my makeup or I do like my outfit but I have noticed that I don't really have a lot of like full body pictures and a lot of that is just because I'm taking selfies and I don't have a little arm stick or whatever um but I'm not opposed to taking full body pictures like I feel beautiful I'll fucking do it and I think I should so I think that's going to be something that I'm going to start doing um yeah, and I think you put should. it out there. I really think you should. Um, like that's something that I've been trying to do myself, but I've always been like really shy about it because like I also have like a sense of like body dysmorphia, um, and it's something that I'm trying to work through for myself. Um, and where I see myself in the mirror, but it's not the person that I see in pictures, and it really messes with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't been able to like, really accept that. So that's why there's always been this like weird urgency of like I. I need to have the right angle or I need to have the right, like, like, you know, and sometimes even seeing my side profile, like whenever I see it in other pictures, like I get so disgusted by it. Um, I know. For me, it's like my, my double chin. But I shouldn't have to be so worried about that because you know, you know, it's funny about that. I don't get a lot of comments of what you're getting on, like, fortunately enough for me. And I do have like what you're saying. I'm bending what type of privilege you have. Like, I'm really glad. But I also think that people are too scared to tell me. Um, Yo, well, people are bold. Like, and it's weird because you get those backhanded compliments. So they're like, oh, like your face is so cute or your face is so pretty. Yeah. And I'm like, the rest of me is it, bitch? The fuck? <laughs> Like, I'll straight up, like, I think that's the thing is, like, I'll snap back with, like, a really snooty comment because, like, I'm not scared of, like, anybody who says anything about my weight because, like, first of all, like, shout out to the people who didn't want to be in a relationship with me, you know, but Mm. also were willing to, like, have sex with my body, so. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Um, I have nothing to say to those people because those are the people who are like, oh, I can only see you behind closed doors, but I don't want to flash you to my other friends because I'm ashamed of what you look like. You know, they don't say that directly, but I know that's the vibe, but like, that's what it is. And what's really funny about that since then, Cash calls it like, Cash calls it skeletons in the closet, but sometimes I'll get skeletons in the closet during our relationship and they're yeah. oh I wish it would have been you and I'm like but you had that chance and you messed it up and now that you see that I'm actually capable of being in a thriving relationship now you see that I'm like worthy you can go fuck off um I've also had the opposite where it was like um sorry go ahead like as an opening line just as a general rule like you probably shouldn't try to pick up somebody just by saying like oh like I'm a chubby chaser that is a straight turn off, like right the fuck away. Boo. 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 Big boo. No, and that was the other thing. Like I know I've known a few chubby chasers too. And I'm like, I don't want you to touch me. <laughs> Do not fucking touch me. If you touch me, I will scream. <laughs> I, I will scream. Um, anywho. Um so let's talk about some conventions that have been taking uh, some steps into like closing or not closing, but postponing for next year. Yes. Um, I know it's a really hard decision to make, but FanMay canceled, which is a big, big anime convention that happens. That usually happens on Memorial Day weekend. Uh, they finally made that announcement sometime last week. Um, and I'm really proud that they actually did because that 
mentioned itself is literally a breeding ground for germs. Um, and yeah, it's just on a regular. Yeah. Um, so I'm really happy that they were able to take people's health as a priority and shut it down for this year. I know a lot of people are kind of sad about it, but also it's just for the better. Like there have been a lot of deaths going on. There's been over 50,000 deaths of COVID in general in the United States. So um, it's really, I'm really glad to hear that they took that initiative to stop uh, the convention for, for that time. Um, another thing is, um, also, San Jose Jazz Festival also canceled their, their festival for the summertime, which usually happens in August. I know that's a little ways away, but of course, like, you know, prioritizing the safety of their community, they had made the, the tough decision of canceling that. But they also have been doing streaming uh, performances on their main social medias. So um, if you still want to see, you know, your favorite jazz people or discover new talent um, or even discovered old talent, just go ahead and check out what they've been publishing on their social media or what they've been doing on their Facebook Live because that's what they've been doing lately. Um, but I'm really glad to hear that there has been a lot of um, like, pro like not profits, uh, but for organizations who've been taking like the, the, the initial step of just making sure like their communities are safe, yeah. We need to be safe. Like, that's the biggest priority, so I'm really happy about that. Um, some big move Monday news. Yes, speaking of talent. Album. Ah! Yeah, we released an album. It's a live We're long awaited. Yeah, well, it's not the album we wanted, but it's an album that we're releasing now. <laughs> album you're getting, bitch, you're gonna like it. Uh, it has some old uh, charts on there that we haven't performed for like over, I would say, maybe a few years. Um, but check it out. It's called Live or 7th Street Live. It's on Bandcamp and it's for free. A frizzle dizzle. Yeah, so go ahead and check that out. It has, I mean, just kind of looking at the track list, it has Redbone, it has a Jill Scott tune called Coming to You. There's a really hot burner called Knuckleball that is really good. So really really suggest you guys go check that out it's uh, basically that whole album i've been in every single show for that album so uh and i'm like one of the rare gems in that album that has been in every single show like i there's been some kind like some few turnovers with the saxophone section but i'm really happy to know that i've been with this band for that long that we've been able to release an album with all of our live shows in them so please go check that out um dj tayukin um like little upcoming nerdcore producer has been slowly releasing his teasers for his album. So he released the cypher that I was also on. So I did a little eight bar diddle uh, for his cypher, um, but he has some bigger names on there uh, like King Levette as well as um, he has uh, Grayson. <laughs> AKA Nightwing, AKA Maverick, AKA. <laughs> So uh, he, boy. <laughs> um, I'm really excited for that album to be released. Um, it's going to be really good. It's a whole like Dragon Ball GT inspired album. So I'm really excited. Ooh. for it. And then also Lex the Lexicon Artist, which is a, an album that I'm going to go ahead and review for next time. Uh, she um, just recently released an album as well. Um, she's also been getting on the TikTok game. Tiki Toki. Yeah. So uh, if anybody hasn't been seeing her TikTok game, it's been phenomenal. She just... Maybe that's where I'll start. That's, I'll, I'll get on my Tiki Toki. Yeah, Tiki Toki game. Uh, she's been doing a lot of racy, like, uh. and, like 
Um, she's been doing a lot of like sex oriented TikToks. I've been getting a lot of attention. She's attention. got them ass and um and like she's done a couple of like improvised challenges as well um but her album going back to that is called alter ego um so i really go ahead and check that out she has featured uh dd sluggers shabzilla from seattle um as well as um who else has she featured on here there's some other person i can't get my name on top of it oh she featured Schaefer the dark lord who is also Dark Lord. Bay. I love that guy. Um, so yeah, I would go ahead and check that out. Uh, Alter Ego by Lex the Lexicon Artist. Um, so yeah, I think that kind of ends up some things with with our episode today. Uh, was there anything that you wanted to? Yeah, real quick before we end, um, anime series. Anything new that you're watching? Oh no, I'm not watching any new anime series right now. Oh my god. Well, I am. I'm still decompressing. Whoa. That was a large decompression. That, um, that was a. We're going to close the door and let that ruminate in a dark room and develop much like a photo. Yeah, so. I did revisit Trigon again. Oh, so. Oh, I'm revis- revisiting Bleach. I need to finish Bleach. I love Bleach. But I also just kind of have a weird heart on for like a lot of the characters on there, like Grimjow mm. and Renji. So, <laughs> oh, who doesn't have heart? I'm an Wolf. Yeah. So I am, yeah, rewatching Bleach because I am working from home and because of the nature of my job being basically like just me and a computer and I don't actually have to do too many like Zoom meetings or call too many people. Um, I can just have whatever I want in the background. Yeah. So uh, Bleach is on. I am now into the second season of Slayer. Slayers. Slayer. Um, really I'm in the third season of Yu Yu Hakusho. Yu Yu Spirit. Yu Yu. Arigato gozaimasu. Uh, yeah, the music. <sighs> love, 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 love. Um, like, what else have I been watching? Yeah, I've re- been visiting Trigon. I've actually been trying to catch up with some of my video games. Um, there's a video game that just came out called Days Gone, which looks really good. It's kind of a zombie apocalyptic game that I might be looking into playing, but I need to take a break from video games and actually focus on my projects because I'm never going to touch my computer again. <laughs> but um, but Days Gone looks really good. I installed Tekken 7 recently because so, I loved playing Tekken when I was a kid, so now I... I reinstalled it, and now I'm playing through story mode. <laughs> now, being a grown-up kid, I still love Tekken. <laughs> no, I'm good at keep playing Tekken. Um, my boyfriend makes fun of me because he's like, for he's like, Tekken is just the reject Street Fighter, and I'm like, I'm tired of you. Playing <laughs> hmm. like, DD to vape, bro. I'm like, I don't want to hear you talk to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't been really revisiting any anime series, though I heard Avatar is going to come onto Netflix. <gasps> I love Avatar. So I'll finally actually get to finish that series. I, that live act, you never finished, bruh. 
like i'm waiting for like i also wanted this is the first i love it's um something i finished and you have not yeah i love i loved uh i loved airbender but or i loved avatar god damn it i loved avatar but the thing is like it was a weird place in my life where i was transitioning to not watching a bunch of tv because i was doing a bunch of after school sports and I didn't have money to box sets. Fair. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else before we close this off? No, I think that's it. We we got deep. We got down and dirty. Mm-hmm. And now I think we're back up to a nice, happy place. Thank you for spending your time with us, listeners. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um. So. As a reminder, if you guys want to go ahead and check out all the previous episodes of Don't Cast and Drive, please go ahead and find Don't Cast and Drive on SoundCloud. Uh, You'll see all interviews on their interviews with folks such as Mons, Grayson, Kick Flames, DJ Tyugan, Brian Mina Capelli, Brian Shu, and I can just keep naming off all the people I've interviewed before in the past. Um, Like I said, my birthday podcast has been postponed. Yes. For good reason, because everybody doesn't deserve COVID. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. I finally, yes, Stevie Wonder, yes. <laughs> yes. Stevie Wonder, yes. Um, but other than that, um, other conventions that are coming up that I might be focusing on pretty soon would be Mag West, which is happening in September 2020, hopefully knocking on wood. Um, that COVID blows over, that will happen. But if not, of course, I would applaud them again for making sure that they're taking care of their communities and keeping it safe. So have a wonderful week, guys. We'll catch you soon. Bye.